Hello and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where we're definitely not lizard people. I'm Sarah. And I'm Illumina, I mean Emily. This week's episode is brought to you by New World Cola. It's not weird. Don't think about it too hard. They're thinking about it. We've we've been caught. So you are a lizard people. I am a lizard person. Surprise. Sorry. Surprise. I as I said before, lizards don't hiss. Shut up. No one cares what you think. <laughs> I mean, if the iTunes reviews have taught me anything, that's true. You are correct. <laughs> no one cares what we think about the other than the dozens of people who listen to us. We every love week. you. And we love those people. So what are we talking about? Because it's a weird one. Like, it's a very specific weird thing. There's so much weirdness. We're talking about the Denver airport. And I'm really going to try hard not to do a missing 411 on this where I just dunk on it the entire time. Okay, let me... I don't... Let me get ahead of this. <laughs> it's a fucking airport, you guys. The end. I've been uh, in it. I've had Southwestern food in it. It's an airport. <laughs> The thing is, and I've been thinking about this, and I honestly don't know what it is, but like there's something about missing 411 as a conspiracy that just makes me angry. And I think because it discounts all the work that the park rangers and people associated with the park rangers and uh, national parks have been doing in favor of, but it's weird, right? I mean, there is that. That's a very good summation. Um, but also like the Denver airport conspiracy theories are like, they're deeply stupid, but at least they're kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we'll so get into it. That's where we it. are. <laughs> uh, sources for this, I got a lot from Mental Floss, um, a couple great articles on Out There Colorado, um, a website called Rational Wiki, which is not a buzzkill as you would think it would be, um, the Denver Post, uh, another magazine called Westward, and Vice. All solid sources. Pulling together a lot of, a lot of stuff from a lot of different places this week. But where's the source from MSNBC and other well-respected things, I assume? I mean, the Denver Post is well-respected. Okay. It's a newspaper. It's a real one. Like, I think they print it and everything. <laughs> Sorry, I just caught sight of the medical paperwork I have to fill out. And, like, there's a medical history questionnaire. And one of the things is anxiety. And one of the uh, options is, yes, have it now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> who doesn't? That's the only answer. Who doesn't have anxiety every moment of the day? Normal uh, people? I don't know who these people are. Like, oh, God. Yeah. So the Denver airport. A little background first. So uh, built by the New World Order as a post post-apocalyptic fallout shelter for the global elite, the Denver International Airport was opened to the public on February 28, 1995, 16 months behind schedule and nearly $2 billion over budget. A small price to pay, considering the scope of the project and the vast network of underground tunnels where reptilian overloads lie in wait. I swear to God, I only saw an airport when I was there. Like maybe I wasn't looking hard enough. At over 33,000 acres, the Denver Airport is the largest in the United States in terms of size and the fifth busiest in the country, serving just over 69 nice million passengers in 2019. That's respectable. I mean, that's Seeing pretty good for frontier f 
routes all their fucking flights <laughs> through it. It is a hub for known garbage airlines, United and Frontier. The only reason it's so <laughs> cheap is because they took out everything except the goddamn seats. And then it's like two lawn chairs strapped to the bottom of the plane. I'm fine. I didn't have a bad experience. <laughs> Uh, it's also the main operating base for Southwest, which is fine. Uh, Southwest so is amazing. And we can only hope that in the future, when the entire complex is converted into a joint FEMA Illuminati concentration camp, the guards will treat us slightly better than our airlines do. <laughs> the Denver I'm... airport is weird. Let's talk about it. <laughs> no, I want to talk about which airlines have the best snacks. Delta. Yeah. Those fucking cookies, I'm a... man. I can't say I'm a fan of Delta because they're still an airline and none of them are good. But like, I've always had pretty good experiences on Delta. I mean, Get Delta good snacks. paid me $500 to leave Minneapolis <laughs> a day later. So we're on pretty good terms and right now. Can't complain about Delta very much. I'm sure many people have had bad experiences and can complain. But This is why you got to fly Alaska or Southwest. Me. Yeah. So while we're talking about airplanes, let's talk about runways. So I'm going to take you on a little journey, on a little flight to the airport in your brain. <laughs> I don't want to go back. <laughs> so you may notice, maybe you won't notice, but you might notice uh, as you fly into Denver International Airport that the runway design kind of looks like a swastika if you squint your eyes and ignore the extra arm. Does it really? A little bit. I will. I wasn't paying that close of attention. I will send you a picture. And of course, we will be posting pictures on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just see you Google Denver Air or Denver Airport runways, and like all the images you get are like the airport and people drawing swats to goes where the. So that's the kind of episode we're doing, I guess. All right. So I texted that to you um, so you can see. We'll post this in the slideshow too, but I'm going to try and explain it to you for people who don't feel like going to our Instagram. So they're laid out in a ro what's called like a rotating fan shape. Uh, this is going to be impossible. Um, but there's five runways and they kind of fan out in a circle with the airport terminal at the center. And then you've got like a runway going north-south. And then as you work your way clockwise, the next runway is east-west. And then there below that, there's two more north-south. And finally, there's one last east-west runway. It's a windmill, you fucking nerds. Yeah, like a windmill. <laughs> Honestly, I can see it. It's not a perfect swastika, but it's definitely, like, reminiscent. Like, if you're looking for it, you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> that can be said for a lot of things. I mean, to be fair. What this has to do with anything is unclear. I did not dig deep enough to discover what building your runways in the shape of giant Nazi swastika is supposed to accomplish. But lots of people are talking about it. Maybe it's like some sort of chaos magic, like <sighs> sigil. Because the swastika, as we all know, didn't always belong to the Nazis. It's an occult symbol. Yeah. I think a lot of it, honestly, and this isn't just for the runways. I think it's for the entire airport and everything we're going to talk about. Is that the idea is that there's something up with the Denver airport. Whatever the theory is, and we'll talk about it. And that all these little weird things that people point out, like the runway shape and the art and all of that is just like the builders of the airport letting us know or giving us hints. And why would they why would they want to hint at anything when it's supposed to be top secret is 
beyond me but it's like uh, hidden uh, like secrets hidden in plain sight i don't know there's a whole i mean look at the masons though it's supposed to technically be kind of secret they have their shit everywhere technically whatever Uh, so some conspiracy theorists while we're on the subject of runways some conspiracy theorists have pointed out that after the city went through all this effort and all this money to build themselves a shiny new airport uh, DIA actually has one less runway than its predecessor, Stapleton. So why, is the question, did they replace it? A, a um, change of scenery? Well, actually, no, there's a, several, several good reasons to replace Stapleton. Um, it was hot <laughs> garbage. Uh, and it did have, it had six runways, but they were laid out in these two sets of three parallel runways that crossed each other. So when you had planes landing on the north-south runways, you couldn't use the east-west runways to, like, have anyone take off. Like, you could use three at a time, no matter what. Um, All right. And then that, like, even those, like, the three parallel sets, or the sets of, like, those three parallel runways, they were placed so close together that in bad weather, it wasn't safe to actually have planes landing on all three of them at the same time. So, like, (laughs) in... This is the Rocky Mountains we're talking about. So bad weather means like six months out of the year. You're at like one third capacity. Yeah, the shining. Yeah. Uh, So DIA's runways don't cross at all and can be used simultaneously. They're also longer because apparently takes jets a little longer to take off in the thin mountain air. I learned something. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just thinking about the physics and then I remembered I know so little about physics that it I can't do anything with that, but that's cool. I know that in my frequent trips to Denver, my brother used to live there. He no longer does. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I have to go to Sioux Falls now, but um, I would actually get altitude sickness just going to Denver because I am from the prairie. And when you put me up in the mountains, my body doesn't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't been to Denver recently enough to, to have any recollection, but yeah. I also don't, like, I live above sea level, so. (laughs) Not that far above sea level. All right, so you've landed safely on a swastika-shaped runway. Your plane has not crashed into another plane that's trying to take off on an adjacent runway. Uh, You taxi to the concourse, and because the airport is so freaking large, you hop on an underground tram to get to the baggage claim. Did you get to run, ride the tram? No. It's, it's. I mean, it's a train. Yeah, no, I mean, I hear it's fun. Um, I did ride something like it at the, uh, God, the shittiest airport in the United States. Which one is it? Um, Georgia. Oh, Atlanta? Atlanta. I have flown through Atlanta at least once. I have no memory of it. It's really, well, at least where I was, it because it's a Delta hub. Yeah. Uh, I actually flew, no. I was going to say flew through it on my way to you, but I flew through Salt Lake City. This is very interesting, isn't it? A lot of airport uh, talk in this episode. Yeah. No, I, I stopped through there for like in a, two hours on my way to Toronto, and um, right. it was it was too crowded. And I paid like $15 for a fucking Five Guys burger, and I'm still mad about it. <laughs> uh, so alongside these trams run two 7,000-foot-long tunnels. And altogether, there's around 470,000 square feet of excavated space Beneath the Denver airport. Did you say 7,000? 470,000. Good God. In total. The tunnels are 7,000 feet long, which is over a mile. But uh, it sounds like a lot. It suspiciously sounds like a lot. 
What are no, they using just... all that space for, Emily? Airport stuff. <laughs> Planes. <Wow. laughs> Turns out there's a lot of weird stuff, allegedly, going on underneath DIA. Allegedly. Allegedly. When the airport was being built, five massive buildings were constructed incorrectly, and when the mistake was discovered, the buildings were buried rather than destroyed or dismantled. <laughs> A construction worker blew the whistle, but his testimony has either been wiped from the internet or it never existed. Probably one of those two. Probably. Uh, Making good use of the words allegedly allegedly yeah that's gonna be our favorite word again um other contractors have reportedly seen evidence of underground bunkers and unexplained tunnels but before anyone could get close to the true scope of the project they were dismissed Uh, others speculate there are up to six underground levels being hidden from the public Uh, airport officials will usually point to an underground automated baggage system that cost millions of dollars never actually worked as it intended um, which is either a reasonable explanation for why there's all this stuff underground, or it's a cover-up for a more sinister construction. Um, so did it continue to not be effective, or was it just not effective for, like, the first um, little while I of its existence? I don't think it's in use anymore. Everything I read said, like, I think United was using it up through, like, 2010, but even they gave up on it eventually. I don't think it's even in use anymore okay hence the suspicion Ah. brings us to the question what are they hiding um planes (laughs) not underground emily you know yes they gotta go somewhere yeah they're called airplane hangers they're above underground it's like overflow parking for your planes how are you gonna maneuver a plane underground (laughs) So most people on YouTube will tell you that the DIA is headquarters for either the Illuminati or a bunker built by the New World Order to wait out the apocalypse. And I cannot get into what the New World Order supposedly is, but the short version is a network of global elites that control the world and will eventually establish a single united world government and put everyone into FEMA death camps, which are also hidden beneath DIA. That's all you really need to know about the New World Order. <laughs> yeah. We did talk about it a little bit on the wrestling episode with Shane, but that was the better <laughs> New World Order. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of nonsense. I have neither the time nor the energy to cover. Um, yeah. This, Google it. I mean, it's, this is specifically why I deeply hate conspiracy theories. Because it's the it's New World Order a- specifically or... Yeah, that and the Illuminati. It's like, where are you getting this? Is it just because there's something that you don't know and therefore it's the thing that you need to know? People want there to be a reason for everything. Sometimes and stuff when they is don't just understand dumb. something, it's either, yeah, it's got to be some subterfuge going on. I, I hate it. It's stupid. Anyway, the tunnels um, have also been rumored to be hiding evidence of aliens and slash or reptoids. And here's a fun story. Airport workers have been known to wear lizard masks as pranks when they know the media will be uh, there on a tour. Uh, There was a local news station who um, was taken through the tunnels and they caught one of those workers on camera. And the video is still being circulated as evidence of reptoids. Um, I really did try and find this. (laughs) I could not. I just wanted to see like how badly it was, bad it was. I wonder if I could convince Travis to dress up in a Bigfoot costume and just go walk around the forest. Please do that. And please videotape it. And please show me. (laughs) I'll get on that. Anyway, so like, that's generally the gist of it is there's bunkers underground that no one knows about. No one is talking about. 
It's for various reasons to either hide something or it's being going to be in use for a future thing. Who knows? But anyway, it totally makes sense because what better place to hide your secret death clamp, secret death camps slash lizard people slash Illuminati headquarters than an airport that tens of millions of people pass through every year. In Denver, of all places, <laughs> like it's a fine place. They have good pizza, as we've found. But I don't know. I'd put it somewhere like less weather temperamental. I don't know if it's like a mountains. I don't think. Honestly, like I think Denver has nothing to do with it. Like if you, if you built this airport in. South Dakota, it would still get the same kind of like stupid nonsense. At like least people South Dakota would have ways. something. <laughs> I'm sure there's conspiracy theories about what's hidden underneath uh, Mount Rushmore. We all know it's a National Treasure Book of Secrets. Oh but... my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's treasure. There you go. Okay, so obviously this is all stupid. Uh, but once you're <laughs> in the airport, <laughs> you will start to notice there are features people would consider odd. I mean, yeah, there is some weird shit I've heard. I also didn't see it because, <laughs> I don't know, like the terminal we got dropped off in was just really boring. And then we found an okay restaurant and then I bought a copy of Billy Jensen's book and that was the end of it. It's also, it's actually mostly in the baggage claim, which I found out because I have like struggled to find some of this stuff too. Like, and I have flown through Denver dozens of times. Um. But one of the things I have seen, uh, they're demons in the baggage claim. Actually, they're gargoyles, but they're perched in little stone suitcases. Uh, and That's they're there adorable. to ensure the safe arrival of your baggage, as gargoyles have long been a symbol of protection. That's adorable. I think they are adorable, and they are very cute. Um, unless you believe the airport was built by Illuminati Satanists, in which case they're evil. No, it's still cute. Still cute. But, like, people don't freak out about the gargoyles at Notre Dame, like... I was literally just thinking about the gargoyles at Notre Dame, except I was thinking about... The Disney versions? Yup. Which, not scary. Very cute. Uh, so one of the more subtly bizarre features of the Denver airport are inscriptions in a strange language and odd symbols inlaid in the floor that some believe are a reference to a deadly biological weapon the New World Order will use to call the population of undesirables. Why, but why would they do that? Why would that be part of the game plan? Why spend so much money to do fancy flooring to be like, hey, check this shit out. We're going to do that later. <laughs> yeah, we're see, we're going to kill off half the human population later. We wrote about it in the floor. If you I, had read the memo in the floor at the Denver <laughs> airport. Uh, the latter is found especially sinister because it's positioned directly in front of a mural depicting what appears to be mass genocide and don't worry we will absolutely get to the murals in a second um but this inscription consists of the letters au and ag and if you know what they mean please no spoilers oh sorry <laughs> uh, but what people believe they stand for is an abbreviation for a deadly strain of hepatitis known as australia antigen uh so just how deadly is this hepatitis strain there's been a vaccine for it for since like 1981. <laughs> and actually, uh, the proper scientific abbreviation is HBSAG. It is sometimes abbreviated as AUAG. Um, rumors are that the man who discovered the strain, Baruch Samuel Bloomberg, helped fund the construction of the airport, but that seems to be entirely made up, as far as I oh, can weird. tell. Big, yeah. Entirely made up? Entirely oh, made up. <laughs> 
Uh, so a much more likely explanation, AU and AG are the chemical abbreviations for gold and silver, which Colorado is very famous for mining. In. Yeah, it's, it's one of them big mining states. Yeah, to really drill that history home, it's inscribed on the outline of a mining cart. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the letters are literally in a mining cart, but it's probably this fit. Yeah. So supposed alien languages, um, actually Navajo terms for different areas of Colorado, with two exceptions, Braxma and Villarreal, which are names of two of the airport's artists. So there are, I assume, white people on the internet talking about this weird, foreign, like, evil weird language. on alien the f- language. And it's Native American. Are you shocked? No, I just wanted to make sure everyone else heard how stupid that sounds. <laughs> All right, so you can ignore the markings on the floor. What you can ignore is the airport's sinister dedication stone. Not <sighs> only... <laughs> does it's like plaque... listening to the world's shittiest goosebumps book <laughs> not only does the plaque bear the symbol of the freemasons a very well-known secret society uh <laughs> but a reference to the new world airport commission you can just get the number for the freemasons on the fucking internet <laughs> google it <laughs> did you hear that though emily new world airport commission like they're not <laughs> even trying to hide it anymore i quit the podcast <laughs> The New World Airport Commission doesn't even exist. You can I'm Google it. so and- glad I was too tired when I was in the airport to look at anything because I was originally going to do this stupid goddamn episode. <laughs> You're doing a great job. It's not you. Just my patience level for this stuff is very low. Let's get serious here for a second, Emily, because when you Google the New World Airport Commission, all that comes up are stories about how suspicious this dedication stone is because the New World Airport Commission doesn't exist. It's literally written in stone that this airport is under the control of the Freemasons and the New World Order. (laughs) There's also, God, I'm sorry, I'm trying to, like, do a character and I can't even take myself seriously. There's also great significance to the date on the stone, March 19th, 1994. So if you add up the individual numbers, so no. 1 plus 9 plus 1 plus 9 plus 9 plus 4, you get 33, which not so coincidentally is the highest degree of masonry that you can hold. But Sarah, you say you can add up those numbers a ton of different ways. 19 plus 19 plus 94 is 132. 19 plus 1994 is 2013. Shouldn't there be a 3? Are we just ignoring March? Yes, we are ignoring March. It is literally written in stone. I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) Oh, wait. I do have one more note here. Um, Oh, uh, the New World Airport Commission was actually a name given to a group of of local politicians and business people who helped fund the airport's opening celebration. Yep. That (laughs) is listed alongside it. Uh, Martin Marietta Aeronautics, Ventress Bradburn Architects, and Zimmerman Metals are all definitely exist and or Googleable. Googleable. I did it. Googleable. exist. Uh, the name is definitely an odd choice. It was picked by an arts advocate named Charles Onsbacher, who wanted to reference Dvorak's New World Symphony, which is like a famous, very famous piece of music. You, yeah, you I mean, it. the New World Order is something that like you and I and people who are incredibly online and like tuned into dumb <laughs> shit, but like someone in what, 1994? Yeah. Before the Some internet was a really big thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, as for the Freemasons, their inclusion on the dedication stone has more to do with with what's buried underneath it. Alien bones. All right. Just kidding. It's a time capsule. 
Supposed to open it in 2094. Apparently they helped get it to the airport. I mean, Sarah, the the world's not going to be here in 2094. <laughs> not the right we're going. <laughs> Whatever is going on at the Denver airport, whether it's the Freemasons, the Illuminati, the lizard people, whatever... There is one thing almost every conspiracy theorist can agree on, and that is the truth is hidden in a series of murals by the artist Leo Tanguma. I will admit these are pretty fucking weird, but I also come from Eugene, Oregon, where a bunch of people who did a lot of acid and smoked a lot of weed did art, and it's it's the same vibe. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to walk us through these. I would highly encourage you to Google them. They will be up on the Instagram, but like Instagram isn't a great place to showcase 28 foot long murals. So just go look at the whole things. Um, So anyway, there are four murals in all. Each of them make up two overarching pieces of art that hang near the airport's baggage claims. So you've got the first one, which is called In Peace and Harmony with Nature. And the second is Children of the World Dream of Peace. The second has actually been moved to storage while the airport undergoes renovations. So if you go there now, not that anyone's traveling, but if you go there now, you won't be able to see it. Yeah, motherfucker, don't go see it now. (laughs) You should not be traveling. Stay at home. Uh, so both are painted in the Mexican muralista style um, with simplified fingers, figures in bright, solid colors. Very distinct. You, so in Peace and Harmony with Nature, um, the first panel is upsetting. It features a forest on fire and young children fleeing from the flames. They're all carrying like extinct animals in glass cases. Featured prominently in the foreground are three bodies laid in caskets. Totally chill. A uh, dead snow leopard, a tortoise trapped in plastic netting. It's, I mean, it's it's it's, it's some environmental stuff, you know. Yeah, and it's contrasted by the second half of the mural, which is just to the right of the first, and that features a parade of diverse and happy children representing cultures from all over the world, while the animals frolic beside them, alive and well. So totally happy. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Like the contrast is the point. Uh, so the second mural, Children of the World, Dream of Peace, has similar contrasting scenes. The first half might actually be worse than the dead animal one. <laughs> the central focus of the panel is this soldier wearing a gas mask, branching a machine gun. He's got a very large stor- sword. He's stabbing a dove with it. Jesus. It's, it's very intense. Uh, there are children sleeping at his feet in a ruined city to the right. And behind him is like a trail of weeping, weeping mothers. It's grim. <laughs> Admittedly, it's very grim. Uh, but the next panel, the soldier is dead, toppled, definitely vanquished. Uh, children from around the world are bringing forth bundles of swords that will presu- presumably be beaten into plowshares, that whole thing. Yeah. It- and then, like, wrapped around the swords are flags of nations, often at odds. Like, there's one kid carrying a sword, and, like, wrapped around it are the flag of the United Kingdom and then the flag of Ireland. So this is, like, mid-90s when the troubles were still really in the national focus. Um, like Israel and Palestine, like you don't need to know the name of the art to get the gist. Like there's a very obvious message about the end of war and conflict. It's all the stuff that comes immediately before you get on It's a Small World. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's the thing. Like they're very straightforward. Yeah. There's no, like, I mean, like there's no like deep interpretations happening here. Like not that that shouldn't like detract from the art. Like it's still like very impressive painting, but like. It's, it's not, not subtle. No, it's not subtle. It's not obscure. It's not coded. <laughs> not that it stopped people from coming up with their own interpretations. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's the very definition of can't see the forest through the trees. Yeah. Uh, so one of the craziest I saw, this is the only 
one I'm going to talk about in detail because it was the dumbest. <laughs> There's this guy on YouTube who lectures about the book of Revelations. Oh, no. And in this instance, all about the secret penises hidden in the Denver airport. Please, Sarah, tell me more. Provide picture evidence. So he points to the first panel of Peace and Harmony, where there is like a bird in flight, and that forms an image that looks suspiciously like a woman's crotch. <laughs> Next to that, this is set up for the real penises. Next to that, there is a great auk in a glass case. Now, a great auk in this case is an extinct type of like penguin. Yep, I'm looking at it now. It's a penguin. Yep. Yep. So the significance, he says, is that the auk walks upright like a penis in that the tag on the glass case is positioned at such an angle that it, too, is an erect penis. I mean, everything looks like a sandwich when you're hungry. <laughs> Most egregious is the Latin name of the bird as inscribed on the case, Alca Impenis. I-M-P-E-N-N-I-S. It's like they're not even trying to hide it, Emily. <laughs> it... <laughs> You can't treat murals at the Denver airport like the fucking hidden Mickeys. Like, it's not. <laughs> Sometimes a tag on a bird is just a tag on a bird. He also spends a lot of time outlining the shape of, like, a penis and balls that I'm the baggage sure claim he did. Apparently, <laughs> this guy is my favorite. <laughs> so other people are a little more big picture. I mean, they are very sorting. big pictures. <laughs> and they, like, assert that the order of the murals should actually be re reversed. So pain and strife followed by peace and celebration is actually meant to be read the other way. No. <laughs> the paintings are a warning and that they depict a world of genocide and devastation that is yet to come. You know, once the Illuminati gets its way. <sighs> um, others see them, like, simply as globalist propaganda. So it's a positive portrayal. Of a world where all the nations have come together as one, which coincidentally is exactly the agenda of the New World Order, are, you know, just a nice thing if yeah. we didn't fight. We're not going to get into globalism right now because it's no. seven o'clock in the goddamn night and in the night. But not. it's not. <laughs> I don't know why they treat it like it's a bad thing. It's like during the last election, it's like there's going to be a taco truck on every corner. Fucking Thank good. God. I still want my taco trucks. I have to walk three blocks for tacos. <laughs> uh, others will fail to mention the second panel. Like, you'll see things on the internet about how the weird paintings, they won't even mention the second panels because they'll just... Well, yeah, it's why? not They're convenient. normal. So, they'll, yeah, they'll just point out all the weird things like, why are these hanging at the airport? Well, they're completely out of context. Whatever. Uh, if you ask the actual artist, Leo Tenguma... Uh, he Weird thing to do. Pretty succinctly, he says the first mural, the environmental one, is about the way that humans destroy nature and themselves through destruction and genocide. The second is about humanity coming together to rehabilitate nature and revive their own compassion. Huh. Easy. Uh, likewise, the second mural depicts a biblical lesson from Isaiah and Micah that it's possible for war to end if the nations of the world join together. As the title states, it's children dreaming of peace in a world filled with war. I mean, it's kind of like an English class where you'll read a passage from, like, The Great Gatsby, and then you have to spend 45 minutes dissect dissecting it, where if you asked F. Scott Fitzgerald, he'd probably just be like, yeah, you want to have a fucking party. I like the color yellow. Yeah. Oh, the carpet was blue? Weird. I don't remember writing that. <laughs> so this all tracks with Tanguma's work as a whole, which is usually found in elementary schools and prisons. Um, they're all kind of censor <laughs> centered... What? The same thing. Elementary same thing. schools, prisons, airports. <laughs> Honestly, all schools are... <laughs> <laughs>
Ask a middle schooler. Uh, and so they're all centered around themes of growth through courage, multiculturalism, environmentalism. Like the second half of Children of the World Dream of Peace actually has some additional significance in wherein it features a group of children in 90s clothing whose faces are portraits of Denver kids who died as a result of gang violence. So, well, that's upsetting, but also. There's some, like, but like there, there's meaning in them beyond the dumbass things about the new world or whatever. Yeah, it's different meaning. <laughs> and it should be noted that the airport was built during the administration of Denver's first Hispanic mayor, Federico Pina, Pina, as well as the city's first African-American mayor, Wellington Webb. So both made a concerted effort to hire minority workers and immigrants to work on the project, likely extended to the artwork as well. Leo Tangoma obviously is, um, I think he's of Mexican descent. Yeah, that sounds but- right. It makes me wonder, like, how much of this conspiracy is fueled by, like you mentioned earlier, white people encountering things like Navajo words on the floor (laughs) in paintings by a Hispanic artist and immediately deciding it's creepy and weird and alien instead of, like, trying to engage with it like normal people. Now, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that 85 to 90 percent of the people who have written articles about how these weird murals and all this bullshit are white men 100 percent. just putting that out there for everybody because why isn't it always about them we have to make it about them (laughs) so the denver airport has more or less embraced their image at this point um, in 2016, they started offering tours of the underground tunnels to the public. Not that that's going to convince anyone that there's nothing down there. Obviously, it's like, to them, it's a show. Whatever. <laughs> um, it's actually pretty great, though, because they've, like, they've hosted expositions about the airport's suspicious history and art exhibits that used Illuminati imagery. Like, they're just straight up trolling at this point. <laughs> um, there is even a full page on DAA's website dubbed The Den Files, the DEN Files, whatever which is dedicated to the conspiracy theories surrounding the airport. It's very good. It just kind of sums them up. It doesn't like try to debunk them. Like it writes about them seriously, which is great. It's, it's that if you're going to be dumb enough to believe this, yeah, we're going to have fun with it. <laughs> so in 2018, the airport, the airport undertook the large construction project, um, which they promoted through, um, they promoted the renovations with a series of posters that kind of poke fun at the reputation. <laughs> so, like, outside of the construction areas where they blocked off, they would have these, like, hanging. Um, there was one that read, Coming soon, with a list of new amenities such as A, a secret portal to the underworld, B, streamlined security, <laughs> C, another misunderstood mural. <laughs> There's another that features a lizard in a white button-up shirt with the question, what are we doing? And the answers are, (laughs) A, adding amazing new restaurants and bars, B, building an Illuminati headquarters, or C, remodeling the lizard people's lair. They're very good. I'm going to put some up. I enjoyed them a lot. I mean, I assume there's still more that we have to talk about. I just, I've deeply felt uh, the absence of one of the most notable things about the airport. Um... Emily, I'm so glad you brought this up because I've saved the best for last. Thank God. As you leave the Denver airport by car, uh, you're going to pass a large statue of a horse rearing up on its hind legs. <laughs> its name is Blue Mustang, and it's by sculptor Louis Jimenez. Uh, it is, as the name would suggest, a bright cobalt blue. It is also 32 feet high, 9,000 pounds, anatomically correct. It has a butthole, guys. <laughs> there's, 
There was just a really good, there was an article in Out There Colorado and like down in the comments, some guy just like commented like completely deadpan, like this statue got balls in a butthole. (laughs) And I've been laughing at it for a week, less than a week. I didn't write this episode a week ago. This weekend, it's fine. (laughs) It's also, it's got glowing red eyes that have earned it nicknames like Satan Stallion, D.I.A. Abla or D.I.A. Blow, Diablo, you know, whatever. Uh, in my favorite, Blucifer. <laughs> it is horrifying and truly bizarre and not at all what you would expect from a public art installation. Well, first of all, it has veins on it, which it's automatically makes it look like a big blue penis. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it did come up in the Revelations video. Don't worry. Um, it's also deadly. So in 2006... During the sculpture's construction, the head of the horse broke off and fell on Jimenez, crushing his leg and severing an artery, leading to his death. This statue has killed a man. Um, also, its eyes actually glow. Its eyes do glow, yeah. Well, again, we'll post pictures, but and we'll get to why in a second. But um, So the sculptor's sons eventually finished the project, and it was finally installed in 2018, 15 years after it was originally commissioned, like everything else at the airport. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so like everything else, airport adjacent, honestly, this was behind schedule over budget. The city of Denver initially paid $165,000 of a planned $300,000 to Jimenez, but after several delays, they filed a lawsuit to get their money back, which went nowhere. Between the original commission and their legal fees, the city would eventually pay $650,000 for the sculpture. (laughs) So this is fun background. It does not answer the most pressing question, which is, why? (laughs) Why the horse? Why the horse? The Denver Broncos. Yes. And um, so some people have theorized the statue is meant to represent the fourth horseman of the apocalypse, specifically death. Uh, that's a that's not a blue horse. That's a pale horse. But yes, uh, if you believe the pale. revelations guy on YouTube, Lucifer is literally satanic. Just one of the countless eps. Countless examples of phallic injury the designers stuck into the airport to inspire devil worship, and they will answer to the Lord for their crimes. So do you think this guy, like, (laughs) specifically doesn't fly with connections in Denver? (laughs) I would imagine so. I feel like this is a guy who worries that, like, if he steps foot in the Denver airport, he's going to be cursed in some way. (laughs) So this is obviously the correct answer, the phallic one. (laughs) But there are others who say it was designed to capture the field of the American Wild West. The Mustang is obviously a symbol of this. Um, So why blue? Turns out there's actually a legend that's originated in Colorado's San Luis Valley of a powerful stallion that was a leader of Mustangs, always capable of finding grass and water for the herd. The Mustang, it is said, had a blue coat, red eyes, and was capable of flight, which is actually pretty fitting because it's an airport. (laughs) Yeah. If you think about it and are an artist, I guess. Um, it also explains the red eyes, though not necessarily why they glow. That, it turns out, is because Jimenez's, Jimenez's father owned a neon sign workshop, and the glowing eyes were installed as a tribute to him. They're neon? Yeah, they're neon. Huh. You have to so, plug the horse in? So, you know, it's either all that or it's a giant demonic penis. One of the two. I mean, who among us hasn't been face-to-face with a giant demonic penis? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I mean, sooner or later, you're going to run into one. Spend enough Might time well on Tinder. Might as well be at the Denver airport. Oh, no. The Denver airport is the last place I want to see a penis of any variety. 
that's all I got. That's the end of the episode. Well, that was enlightening, I think. Sort of. I. It, it's it a did. nice airport. I, I always liked flying into Denver. I it was it. fine. It was fine. Like like I said, we went to a, a pretty nice restaurant for breakfast. For Oh, I have a note about an end of episode reminder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so next week we're going to have a mini. Uh, and the week after that is our mid-season finale. So we're going to be on a break for a little bit. We will be back August 12th. Yeah, we're just taking a little summer break. Yeah, the usual. But it's going to be a good second part of the season. And uh, we've got some great episodes already planned. I don't know. Sarah's already got me stressing about the Christmas special. So, you know, <laughs> that's what we're doing. I have you stressing about the Christmas special. I did not bring up the Christmas special. You brought up the Christmas special. I said I we did only... good. And then you were like, how are we going to top it? And I don't know. <laughs> only after you brought it up in the first place. It's way too early to think about Christmas. Don't make me think about Christmas. I mean, I'm already thinking about January, so <laughs> I don't fucking know the name of this restaurant. I think it started with a C. There are many caribou coffees in this airport, just for everyone's reference. God bless America. I, this is unrelated to anything except caribou. I cannot remember if I still had coffee in my mug at work oh god i hope not i might have my <laughs> the person at the office check it tomorrow but just, i i just had this like light on moment this afternoon it's like i don't remember if i washed my caribou coffee <laughs> mug out <No>. <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been at work in two months well that should be a fun little mold colony it's for science it's like my sure. sourdough starter <laughs> All right, so yeah, we talked about the break. Um, I don't know if y'all have episode suggestions. I was happy to hear those. Yeah, we'll take them. We're yeah, kind of trying to plan and schedule out. So now is the time to get those in. We've already got like one request that I'm going to try and get in next season or next mid half season, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think when we are on our break, um, we will hit our four year anniversary. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I haven't been here that long, but No, you haven't been here that long. I've been here <laughs> that long. Uh, which is it's fucking insane that I've done anything for 4 years. I haven't even been in a relationship for 4 years. <laughs> I was say I have had like jobs that last didn't even last 4 years. Yeah. Um Yeah, this podcast has lasted longer than any job I've had. <laughs> yeah, so that's crazy and it's cool. You and, should be uh, proud. You know, I am. I am. Uh, it gets weird sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and then other times spend an hour and a half talking about what ancient Romans used to put on their face. Like, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, we are on Twitter at Afternoonified. Instagram at Afternoonified. Facebook.com slash GetAfternoonified. GetAfternoonified.com. Uh, you can email us at AfternoonifiedPod. Or there's a contact form on the website. Oh, really? Yeah, right, I think. Email us. We love yeah, to hear from you. Yeah, there's ways to email us. Um, you can also buy merch. Uh, we have that teleportation butt magic sticker uh, and a couple other products with that on it. Um, the mug is, is pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to Avalon for basically just doodling that for <laughs> us. <laughs> it's honestly my favorite thing, I think, in our merch shop. It's pretty great. It's um, amazing. I don't remember if I put it so it's on shirts. Um, if it's not, I might rectify that. <laughs> we can make that happen. 
But uh, yeah, he doesn't uh, want to wear that out in public. Uh, Midge Midge twenty twenty shirts <laughs> are there. Look, guys, this is your last chance to get. It's, Midge we're getting down to the wire, like. <laughs> And who knows, after this election, we might make it Midge Midge 2024. <laughs> That's the next election, right? Yes. Okay. That's not that long. That's a nice thought. Anyway, um, so yeah, we'll see you for one more mini, one more full episode, then we'll be on break for a little bit, and then we'll be uh, back. Yes, with bells on. It's going to make an Animal Crossing joke, but that was the <laughs> mini that came out last week last week all right guys goodbye goodbye we love you hello my name is kaya and i'm marissa and this is well Well, why not join us every monday as we discuss movies science technology history sometimes i think about all the different things we talk about and they're not even categories because you know what we're geeky we're nerdy so like every millennial we started a podcast because that's what we need more podcasts absolutely join us every monday and listen to well why not a podcast because just because just just really because we had this microphone well why not <laughs> for more podcasts like the one you just listened to go to sobelowmedia.com this this is as above so below <laughs>